with me to Romans chapter 12 today. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who, act, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let's pray together. God, we, uh, we come before your word and thank you for your word that teaches Thank you for your word that rebukes and corrects us and trains us in righteousness so that we might be equipped to do every good work you're calling us to. God, we thank you for the gifts that each one of us has. We thank you for those gifts that can be used to, uh, to glorify your name. Uh, and we ask that you would help us today to discern the gifts you've given us. Help today to, to help us to know your will. Uh, guide us today to those that we could uh, be your hands and your feet to, uh, to share your truth and your love with. God, give us wisdom in these times that we live in, that we would hear from you and know that we've been in your presence. Uh, and so we, uh, we just thank you today and ask you to move through the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated and keep your Bible open today. As we've studied the epistle to the Romans, uh, we've been on a verse-by-verse -verse journey through God's powerful, life-giving Word. And so in chapters 1 through 11, we've, uh, we've been through it. The, the Apostle Paul emphasized that people are made right with God by grace, through faith in the finished work of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's how important that truth is. It is not by your works. It is not by your merits. It is not by anything. It is other than grace through faith in the finished work of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And so in chapter 12, Paul begins to answer the question, how should those who have been justified, which is made right in God's eyes, justified by grace, respond in their everyday lives. How should we begin to take these wonderful truths of grace in Jesus Christ and respond in our everyday life? Uh, Paul's very clear in, in chapters 1 through 11. It's not a license to go out and sin. Oh, God will just forgive me, so I'll go sin more. It's not that. How do we respond 
to, uh, to, to what God has called us to do uh, in, in this grace, this wonderful gift of Jesus Christ that He has given us. So for you and I, for those who live in salvation, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, it's important that we remember we're on a lifelong journey of sacrifice. Of sacrifice. A journey that is of grace, a journey that's through faith, and it's to the end of our lives. And that's so important for us to remember. We're called to a, a journey of sacrifice that is to the end. Where it's, it's not a you get dunked in the tank and you're done type of thing. But for the rest of our lives, through everything that we uh, encounter in life, it's a journey of sacrifice. Listen to Hebrews 3.14. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. In Hebrews 6.10-12 For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for His name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. In Hebrews 12, 1-3, Jesus, founder and perfecter of our faith, therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight in the sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let us run with endurance. Jesus endured the cross. He endured for, from sinners such hostility. In Revelation 2.26, the one who conquers and keeps my work until the end, to him I give authority over the nations. So the one who conquers, who keeps my works to the end. In, in Revelation 13.10, if anyone is taken captive to captivity, if he goes, if anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. 14.12 in Revelation, here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God in their faith in Jesus. And then in Revelation 22.13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Isn't that awesome? We are called on a journey of sacrifice to the end. Uh, it is all throughout Scripture that Jesus calls us to this. In Matthew 7, 13-14, Enter by 
the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. The gate is narrow. The way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And few find it because it's a journey of sacrifice. And we don't generally want to sacrifice. It's a journey of mercy and not merit. We want to earn our own way. We want to do it ourselves. But that's that wide road that leads to destruction. It's a journey of sacrifice where daily I present myself to God. And I don't present myself as what I was. I present myself as who I am in Christ. Every day I come to Him as I am holy and acceptable to God. That's what He says in verse 1, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. It's a journey of mercy to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In my sin, I was dead. I was dead. I wasn't, uh, it didn't matter what I tried to do to sacrifice. I was dead in my sin, but now I am alive. I am a living sacrifice. I can present myself to God holy, set apart for Him, righteous in His eyes, acceptable to Him because of grace, because of what Jesus Christ has done. So, uh, the, the lifelong journey of sacrifice is also a journey of transformation. It's a journey of, of being transformed. I was this, and now I am something new in Christ. I am being transformed. And it's also a battle against confirmation. A confirmation that, con- that I'm conforming to the world's ways. Don't be conformed uh, to the world's ways. And so the journey of sacrifice is I'm transforming into the likeness of Christ. I'm presenting myself to God and I'm every day battling against being conformed to the ways of the world. And so there's, it's a journey that's going to require us to constantly renew our minds. What's, the, what's most important? What do I need to be focused on today? How am I viewing my problems and my struggles and my joy and my hope? And every day I've got to renew the mind. I've got to have a renewed discernment of the will of God for my life. I've got to have a renewed passion of what God has declared good and acceptable and perfect. When I'm conforming to the ways of the world, then I've got the wrong idea of what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so I've got to have a renewed passion to love the things of God. Verse 2, don't be conformed to this world. It's not worth it. It leads to death. It leads to destruction. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The lifelong journey of sacrifice is a journey. Mercy, not merit. 
It's a journey of presenting ourselves to God for who we are in Christ. And it's a journey of transformation, a battle against being conformed to this world. And the journey of sacrifice is a journey of humility, of sober judgment. It's trusting in what God has given us, not what we think we deserve. In verse 3, he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself, herself, more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. God has given you what you need. Trust in that. Be humbled by the wonder of God, the grace of God. You view everything in your life with the, you know, the sober judgment that comes from knowing God's Word and trusting in what God has done and what He has given you in Christ. The journey of sacrifice is a journey of utilizing the gifts given us by God. He's given us all gifts and they're different. And that's awesome. That's good. That's what we want. So we don't want to idolize the gifts of others. We want to be excited about what God has given us, maximize the gifts He has given us by sharing them. That's how that works. If you don't ever share your gifts, you don't grow. You don't grow. We, we mentioned that in Sunday school class today. If we just surround ourselves with Christians and we don't have outside non-Christian people that we're reaching out to and, and, and getting to know and, 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 and talking to and growing, then we aren't sharing those gifts. We're not you know, utilizing those gifts that God has given us. And so we want to get out there and maximize the gifts God has given us by sharing them and sharing them with faith. Sharing those gifts with a fervor, with a fire. Sharing those gifts with freedom. Sharing those gifts with functional happiness. That we're in a broken world. It's not always going to go like we want to. And we've got to be okay with that. Because we know that in Christ is eternal felicity. That that's a forever happiness that's only found in Christ. So what are those gifts that God has given us that we need to utilize? He says in verse 4, For as in one body we have many members, and the members don't all have the same function, so we though many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So whatever your gift, if it's serving the Lord, and we see that so many have that gift, uh, just loving to serve the Lord, whatever it is. You're just doing it for Jesus and you love doing things for Jesus um, and they can be any kind of things. Uh, people that, that are gifted teachers. Um, all these gifts that God has given us, we need to use them and utilize them. That's sacrifice. That's part of that. 
Uh, and, and it's not always going to go well. And so we have to uh, trust in God when it doesn't and believe in what He can do. But on this journey of sacrifice, being a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, we've got to walk by faith. We've got to live by faith. We've got to see everything through eyes of faith. We've got to listen with ears of faith. We've got to filter all our thoughts and emotions and plans and reactions and actions through faith. It's, it's, it's everything that we've got to see this world through. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. That's faith. The reward is there. I may not see it yet, but I'm trusting Him for it. I'm believing Him for it. Everything in this journey of sacrifice has got to be through faith. On this journey of sacrifice, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We've got to allow Jesus to fill our hearts with passionate fervor. So we've got to have the faith and we've got to have the fervor, that fire that keeps us going. Right? We've got to have a fervor for the gospel, the good news of God in Jesus Christ. We've got to have fervor for God's Word. We've got to have fervor for God's will and, and for God's ways. I'm putting Him first in my life. We've got to continue to trust in Him. If we don't have that, we're going to lose heart. Jesus talks about the, the, the persistent widow in Luke 18, and I'll let you look further in that, but it's just a lady that won't give up. She wants justice, and she bugs this judge until she gets it. She won't give up. She persists in that. And it says that He tells them this parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. That's fervor. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep praying. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trusting in God to the end. I'm going to keep knocking on His door. In 2 Corinthians 4.1, Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. He says it again in verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. That's fervor. That's faith and fervor. We've got to trust in Him. Ephesians 3.13 So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is, your, which is for your glory. So new believers saw Paul suffering for the gospel. And he didn't want them to lose heart. Because he had faith. He had fervor in what God was doing. In what God's Word said in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had hope in him. And he didn't want them to lose heart. Because God was being glorified in what he was enduring. On this journey of sacrifice, we live in freedom. And that's an awesome truth. That in Christ we're free to follow our Savior. He has freely given everything to each one of us. He has set us free. He gives of Himself each and every day so that we can live in freedom. And so no matter what happens in this world, no matter what the government does, 
We are always going to be free to love God. Nobody can take that from us. We're going to be free to worship God and serve Him only. We're going to be free to put Jesus first in our life and to trust and know that Christ will overcome anything that stands in our way, that He will break every chain. So yes, it's a journey of sacrifice, but in that journey of sacrifice, we live in freedom. In Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. When you have tasted and seen the freedom of God and how good it tastes, how good it is, you don't want to go back to that yoke of slavery. So on this journey of sacrifice, we're also going to need to be content. We've got to live in a functional happiness in this sinful, broken world. Knowing that we're going to ultimately one day experience eternal felicity, which is ultimate happiness. And that's going to be in God's kingdom. And so I can endure hardship. And I don't like it. And it's going to hurt. And I'm going to struggle. And I'm going to have good days and bad days. But I can function knowing that God is in control and that there's better days coming and there's an eternal kingdom. Just think about what Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew 5. It says He sees the crowd. He gets to a place where He can preach to them and teach them. And, uh, and He sits down and His disciples come to Him and He says He opened His mouth and taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You've got to have, you, you've got to have, have God's faith and hope and joy in your life to see that. That although we are poor in spirit, God is there with us. God is close to the brokenhearted. He says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It takes faith to know that and to believe that even in our mourning, God is with us. And there is hope even at the grave. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So when we live in salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we're on a lifelong journey of sacrifice. And it's a journey of grace. And it's a journey of faith. And it's got to be to the end. We've got to endure and keep our eyes on Him until the end. And that's an awesome truth to celebrate and remember in these times that we're living in. That we want to be faithful to God 
to the end. So I want to challenge you today. Do you see your life, yourself, as a living sacrifice? You were dead in your sin, but you're alive today in Jesus Christ. You're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And yeah, there's a lot of sacrifices that we're going to make to stay faithful to Jesus Christ. But they're all worth it. No matter what we have to give up for Jesus, He promises it'll be so much better in heaven. It'll be so worth it. And are you trusting in that? Are you striving to be faithful to the end? Let's pray together. God, we're just so thankful for life for freedom. We're so thankful for faith, for hope. We're so thankful for strength. And God, we pray today for all those things in our lives. Give us faith. Help us increase our faith. Help us to trust in You more and more and more as, these, as the days go by. Give us that, that passion for what You're calling us to do. God, give us fervor. Help us to, to have that fire in us about Your Word and Your ways. Uh, God, give us that, that, that functional happiness that we can, even in the hardest of times, we know who You are and we're trusting in You. Help us to, to lean on You and not on our understanding. Help us to acknowledge You in all Your ways, trusting in Your eternal kingdom. Lord, whoever might be here today that isn't living by faith, we pray today would be a day they, they, they jump out of that sin and darkness into Your marvelous light. And so God, as we close this service today, we just ask that Your Word would speak to some, to all of us, but especially, God, to those that are lost and living without You. Help them today to be saved, to put their trust in You. And then God, help us to, as believers to remember this is a journey of sacrifice. And help us, God, to strive for faithfulness to the end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we sing this closing song together, we just always want to encourage you to search your heart. Have you put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you know that He's your Savior and Lord? And if not, you can do that now. As we sing this song, entrust your life to Him. Repent of your sin. Believe in Him. He loves you. And He can change your life today. Let Him do that. And so as we close, we just encourage you, come to Jesus just as you are, but know He's not going to leave you that way. He's gonna, you're going to enter into a journey of sacrifice. Uh, and it's going to be a journey of faithfulness to the end. Let's sing together.